perfect. In every aspect of the game, you drop a pass, you run a mile. You miss a blocking assignment, you run a mile. You fumble the football, and I will break my foot off in your John Brown hind parts. And then you will run a mile. Perfection. Let's go to work. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, do I owe you guys an apology. I started out the series wanting to go over every team, draft picks, free agency, standings, predictions, and I have run out of time. The NFL season has snuck up on us. It starts tomorrow, so I have made an executive decision. Number one, to give you guys a sincere apology for me coming up short. I'm a whole four episodes short. I've missed four divisions So what I'm going to do here in just a second is I'm just going to give you my projected winner for that division, Um, give them a couple thoughts for each team, because today I want to go over my week one um, game-by-game predictions. I want to give you some over and unders and kind of give you a hint as to what each weekly episode will look like here on Double Down with Dad. So let's go into our next segment here and let's talk about the divisions that I missed and my projected winners for those divisions. With a backside George reverse. You got that? Fake 23 blast with a backside George reverse like your life depended upon it. Let's go. So the next division that I was going to get into was the NFC North. Um, you know, I today I don't have my laptop. I have left it in my car and, and Hannah has my car at work. So I'm just going to kind of go off the top of my head, you know, what, what I've been thinking Uh, In that division, you have the Green Bay Packers, you have the Minnesota Vikings, you have the Detroit Lions, you have the Chicago Bears. So first with the Bears, um, I think they're going to be a pretty bad team this year. I think Justin Fields makes a few steps forward, but he just doesn't have a lot of talent around him, point blank. So I think they're going to be a bottom five team in the NFL this year. Next, in third place in that division, I have the Detroit Lions. The interesting thing about the Lions is I think they're making some good steps forward. Um, They had that wide receiver, Amon Ross uh, St. Brown. I actually drafted him in fantasy. He had a great season last year for them as a rookie, so second year in. I think he's going to do good. They got Jameson Williams from Alabama. Of course, they still have DeAndre Swift. Their defense has been decent. They got Aiden Hutchinson. Um, My question for them is, can Jared Goff be that guy? Can he be the guy that wins some games, or is he going to be the guy that was on a one- or two-win team a couple seasons ago? The next two standing positions are are very interesting and, and could be kind of up for debate. I do have – this is kind of a spoiler for a, a little bit later – But I do have the Minnesota Vikings finishing in second place. But I think it's going to be very close. Minnesota this year, their new head coach was the offensive coordinator for the St. Louis Rams last year. So you bring him in and you look at what that offense did last year with Cooper Cup. And you basically take out Cooper Cup, insert Justin Jefferson. 
They still have Dalvin Cook. I think this team has the potential to win that division. It's all going to come down to how Mr. A.A. Ron Aaron Rodgers performs. He doesn't have a lot of great wide receivers. He lost a lot of talent. You can't replace um, Devontae Adams. They lost uh, Scout of Valdez Scantling. They lost him to uh, Kansas City, I believe. So they have, they have Alan Lazard. They still have Robert Tunyon. And then they have a lot of no-name wide receivers. So if Green Bay wins this division, spoiler alert for later on in the, in the episode, I'm going to have Aaron Rodgers winning MVP if he can have this team win the division. However, if they come out and they struggle and these wide receivers haven't been doing good and these wide receivers don't catch the ball, they run the wrong routes, they cause Aaron Rodgers to throw interceptions and they lose some games, look for the Minnesota Vikings to surprise some people this year. Mr. You like that, Kirk Cousins. And the Minnesota Vikings could win this division. I think it's going to be closer than what people think. And next, to finish up the NFC, we have the NFC West. In the NFC West, we have the Niners, Cardinals, Rams, Seahawks. I'm going to go out on a limb, and I think the Seahawks probably finish this year with the worst record in football, if not the the Texans. Seattle Seahawks, definitely one of the worst two teams between them and Houston um, to see who, who won't. I guess who will get the first pick. Um, so not a lot to cover there in Seattle. DK Metcalf, um, poor guy. He's not going to have anybody to throw to him. I think that quarterback battle in Seattle was the worst quarterback battle in the history of the NFL. It's almost like you have two right-handed quarterbacks and you cut off their right arms and you say, okay, now you have to go out and throw with your left arm and then as a head coach, you have to choose which one of those guys is going to lead your team every Sunday. Can you imagine being DK Metcalf right now in his prime, being one of the top wide receivers in the game and having either Drew Locke or Geno Smith throwing you the ball? I can't imagine. I can't fathom it. So Seattle definitely finishes the, finishes the year in last place. Next in the standings, I have the Arizona Cardinals. The whole Kyler Murray thing, and I wish I would have covered them before because we haven't even dug into anything with the Kyler Murray contract year. So Kyler, you know, unfollow he did the, he did the the kid thing, the childish thing. He unfollowed them on Twitter, took his took the team name off of his Instagram, did the whole I'm not playing for you until you pay me thing and then they came out and and paid him but what happened was people dug into his contract and found the clause that said he had to study the media blew it up said that Kyler Murray doesn't study said that Kyler Murray hasn't been putting in full effort so then the Arizona Cardinals basically had to come back out and say this has never been an issue so we're going to take it out of the contract DeAndre Hopkins is suspended, I believe, for the first 11 games, maybe six games. Let me look. I actually drafted him in fantasy because he kept falling and falling and falling and nobody picked him up. He has been suspended for 
six games, which actually isn't that bad. Um, so he's going to be suspended for six games for performance-enhancing drugs. And I drafted him in, like, the 10th round. So nobody picked him up. Everybody saw he was suspended. So they still have DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I'm not too sure what else the Arizona Cardinals have. I, I like Kyler Murray, and I think he's a decent quarterback. But does Arizona have the team to win? They lost Tyron Matthew. Um, he went to the Saints, I believe, this year in free agency. So that was a big addition for them. Next in the division, I have the San Francisco 49ers. And here is, man, I really wish we would have covered this division earlier because there's been some drama going on here in this division with Kyler and then here recently with Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance. So they come out and say Trey Lance has won the job. We're moving on from Jimmy Garoppolo. They give Jimmy an opportunity to find a, a, a draft or a trade for his team. He couldn't find a trade. It comes down to the deadline where if he's on the roster, he takes a cap hit. And not only do they sign him for this, I believe it was a one-year extension, but they gave him money that included additions and included bonuses for games played. So now what has happened is one of two things. The first thing is what the media is trying to portray it as. And saying, oh, well, he is going to be on the roster and he, San Francisco, just wants to be able to reward him if something happens to Trey Lance. If he gets hurt, then we want Jimmy to feel like he's valued and we want to be able to pay him like a starting, starting quarterback in the NFL. And, you know, he would get a certain bonus for the amount of games he played. He would get a certain amount of bonus for yards, touchdowns, etc. The the higher the better he plays, the higher his pay scale. I think it goes up to about fourteen million dollars. But here's what actually happened, and here's what I think is the deep down root of it. I think deep down, San Francisco does not trust and does not believe in Trey Lance. Because if they truly believed in Trey Lance and they didn't want him to be looking over his shoulder for the entire season then they would have traded Jimmy G, they would have got some capital back, they would have relieved some of the cap hit, and they would have said, we're going to ride or die by, by Trey Lance. If he gets hurt, we'll figure it out. But that's not what they did. They went out and they signed their backup quarterback and said, oh, well, if you play in this amount of games, we'll pay you more money. Nobody is, should be thinking that way when they traded all those draft picks to go get Trey Lance. So to me... That's just showing that they don't trust Trey, they don't think he can do it, and that he won't finish the year as the starting quarterback. Just my personal opinion. Could be right, could be wrong, I'm not quite sure. Winning the division, of course, we have the defending champions, the Rams. They, Odell Beckham has not re-signed yet. He hasn't signed with anybody yet coming off that torn ACL. Um, they lost Vaughn Miller. He went to Buffalo in free agency, so that's a big loss for them. I still have them winning the division, but I don't have them repeating as Super Bowl champs. I don't like, nor have I ever liked, their backfield. I think Cam Akers and uh, Henderson, I think they're both overrated. They have always struggled at the running back position. Cooper Cup kept that man in games. If you remember the Super Bowl, on that third or fourth down play, 
everybody in the world knew that ball was going to Cooper Cup, and they just trusted that he was going to get open. He's a bad man, people. So the Rams winning that division. Let's move on to the AFC. The AFC East, I think, is another division that will really struggle this year to be competitive, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time. Um, At the bottom of that division, I have the Jets. Um, Zach Wilson is a mediocre player. I think the Jets finish at the bottom. Next to the bottom in third place, I have New England, surprisingly, this year. Um, I think that... Uh, Mac Jones has that offense has really struggled in the preseason this year. If you've if you've watched any amount of ESPN or Sports Center or any kind of sports talk, you've heard how the offense in New England is struggling this year. So I have New England finishing in third place. In second place, surprisingly, I have the Miami Dolphins. I think Tyreek Hill was a good addition for them. My question, just like it was for the Eagles, is can Tua perform? Because if Tua cannot perform, Miami has two first-round picks this year, so they get rid of Tua. They trade two of those first-round picks to move up to potentially the top 10, top 5, and go get another franchise quarterback. Um, But I would like to see Tua step up this year, potentially finish around 500. This division is going to be so bad that Buffalo is going to finish, I would say, at least four games ahead of the next team behind them if not five. Um, Buffalo's probably going to win 13 or 14 games. They're going to win six games just in the division by itself. And then um, the next place team, Miami, is going to be close to 500. So Miami in second place. The next place I have the Buffalo Bills finishing the division, like I said, around 13 and four probably. Um, They added Von Miller, like I said earlier, in free agency. I think that's a huge addition for them. I think it's going to be great. I think Jared Allen um, is going to have a a MVP-type season, um, and we can cover that whenever we talk about my my yearly awards here in a little bit. But I really like what Buffalo looks like this year. Without those overtime rules, I think Buffalo would have beat Kansas City last year. So... Look out for the Buffalo Bills to make a huge addition this year and a huge step forward, and they might even be in the Super Bowl. Who knows? Let's stay tuned for my yearly projections, but now we need to move to probably the best division in football this year, the AFC West. AFC West. If if you take any of these teams and you put them in, in another division in the AFC, they win that division pretty easily. For example, we just talked about the AFC East. You take Buffalo out of there. Uh, I mean, there are some of these divisions where the last place team in the AFC West could be a first place team in another division. However, that's just not how it goes. So in the AFC West, man, it's going to be fun to watch this year. We have the Vegas Raiders, the Denver Broncos, Kansas City Chiefs, and the Los Angeles Chargers. So who do I have finishing in last place this year? And here's who it is. And I, and I this has been my favorite thing all year. Broncos country, let's ride. Broncos country, let's ride. Broncos country, let's ride. And I have the Denver Broncos finishing last. 
Yes, they signed Russell Wilson. I understand that. But if you take them and you compare them to the other teams in the division, which is what you have to do because that's how a division works, they are the fourth worst they have they are the worst team in that division. They're not better than the Raiders. They're not better than Kansas City. They're not better than the Chargers. So by default then, that puts them in fourth place. That puts them in last place. So, yes, they have, I think his name's Javante Williams, the running back that's supposed to be a breakout this year. They're not going to be a bad team by any means, and I'm not trying to say they're going to be bad because I think this this division is going to come down to probably the last week or two of, of the season. But I just think that they're, the other teams in this division are, are better than them. And, they, I mean, you look in that division – they're not going to beat Kansas City. They're not going to beat the Chargers. So they're going to have to beat the Raiders to get any games in the division. So I, they're going to really rely and lean on their defense this year to help them win some games. But Denver Broncos in last. Third place. I think this is going to be a down year for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes, it is going to be hard to count out Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid simply because of who they are, simply because of their talent. But you take Tyreek. I think the the loss of Tyreek Hill is going to be a massive, massive loss for the Kansas City Chiefs because now they can take that safety that they were dropping back, back deep to take away that deep game, and now people can focus on Travis Kelsey the Kansas City Chiefs, their their run game has always struggled. So I look for Kansas City to finish third in that division. Next is the Raiders. Surprise team of the season. They added Devontae Adams. They still have Hunter Renfro. They still have Darren Waller. They're going to have a top three offense in the NFL this year. Put it in the books. You can go ahead, double down with Dad. The, the Las Vegas Raiders are going to finish in the top five offense in the NFL. Top five. And I'm talking yards. I'm talking everything, all the categories for top five offense. When you look at it next year and you look at the numbers, the the Raiders are going to be somewhere between one through five. However, they're not going to have some of the weapons that the Chargers have, and they're going to surprise people and win the AFC West, which is why I have the Chargers at number one. Justin, Her- Justin Herbert is going to have a great season. Austin Eckler, awesome season. The Kansas City, the Kansas City, my goodness. The Chargers have some great additions this year in free agency. They still have some of the best defensive players, not in, the, not in their division, not in the AFC, but in the NFL. I really like what they did in free agency. They still have some of the best safeties, some of the best back four. They still have uh, Joey Bosa. So Chargers winning that AFC West. Again, this division is going to be close. You know, I'm not saying that that the top team is going to finish, you know, 13 and 4 or or 12 and 5 because of how many – games they play against each other. This division is going to be very close, but I think the Chargers come out on top. Okay, now, 
Let's get into my predictions for the awards for the 2022-2023 season. Um, we'll start at the we'll start at the bottom and work our way up. So probably the least, not least important, but do you get what I'm saying? We're gonna do MVP last. So for my breakout player of the 2022-2023 season is Travis Etienne with the Jacksonville Jags. Uh, he's coming off of the ACL injury. He could have even potentially been the comeback player of the year, but I think somebody else is going to be that. Um, but I really like what they have going on there in Jacksonville. I like the offense that they're going to run with Trevor Lawrence. I think he's going to get a lot of touches. And I watched a lot of Clemson um, when we lived in South Carolina, so I know how Trevor and Travis played together. I've seen them play together. They have really good chemistry. So give me Travis Etienne with my breakout player of the year. Now, coach of the year. I'm going to get two picks here. Let me tell you why. Because both of these teams, I think, are going to have good seasons. So I think either one of these coaches are going to win. Um, and honestly, it could come down to a flip of a coin, I think, between these two. So, so give me two picks here and give me a little bit of a break. Um, my first pick is Nick Sirianni, the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. We've already talked about it. I think the Eagles are going to win the division. I think Jalen Hurts proves that he can be the guy in Philadelphia. So give me Nick Sirianni. And the other one is going to be Brandon Staley, the head coach for the Los Angeles Chargers. He's not going to pull what he did last year and go for it on fourth down on his end of the field. He's not going to have another mishap. The Chargers win that division. So either one of those coaches, I think, could be play coach of the year. If I had to guess, I would say they would give it to Nick Sirianni if it came down to a tie. They would give it to him because the Eagles aren't expected to do as well as the Chargers are. So um, give me either Nick Sirianni or Brandon Staley for Coach of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year. At some point, Christian McCaffrey is going to have a healthy season. At some point. It's got to be this year. So give me CMC, Christian McCaffrey, Comeback Player of the Year, with an offense that has a new quarterback. Um, and it, it, it's time that Christian plays a season, goes from beginning to end, plays healthy, and has a good season and has stats that can back up his talent. So give me CMC, comeback player of the year. Defensive rookie of the year. Give me uh, Trayvon Walker from the Jacksonville Jags. I think he's going to be a force to be reckoned with on the edge. I think that was a great pick by them. Yes, he's the number one overall pick. Yes, I think that there's a potential that he doesn't. If he doesn't win it, I also like Sauce. Uh, I think his last name's Gardner. Sauce Gardner from the uh, Jets. I think he's going to be a really good cornerback. Offensive Rookie of the Year. Give me Brees Hall for the Jets. Now, saying that, you would think that I think the Jets are going to do pretty well this year. Um, but I, I just think he's going to have the best potential. I don't think any of those quarterbacks taken are going to do anything. Um, if it's not going to be Brees Hall, I would take George Pickens, the wide receiver from Pittsburgh. Um, but give me Brees Hall from the Jets. Defensive player of the year. Give me Miles Garrett from the Cleveland Browns. I think now is his time to step up. Now is his time to to do what he was brought there to do and, and what his job is, and that is to help help his team with a 
a, a chance to be relevant in that division. Offensive player of the year. Give me Justin Jefferson. We talked about it earlier. The offensive, their new head coach was the offensive coordinator with the Rams. You take Cooper Cup out, put Justin Jefferson in. He's got a chance to hit the gritty a whole lot this year. I really like him. I had the number one overall pick in our fantasy league, and I honestly struggled between taking Justin Jefferson or Jonathan Taylor because I just think that Justin Jefferson is going to be that guy this year for Minnesota, and I think he's the reason that they have a chance to win that division. Now, MVP. Josh Allen is the easy pick. Josh Allen is everybody's pick. So he's the one that I want to take. However, I just I can't. I can't take the safe bet. If you know anything about me, I'm I'm not the the safe. I like doing the hot takes. I like taking the um the picks that not everybody might take and and still has a chance to be true. So give me Aaron Rodgers back-to-back seasons of MVP. I think he has a chance to win that division again with wide receivers that are not that great. Wide receivers that aren't that experienced. But I think he has a chance to help keep his team relevant. And if that team does win the division, if he keeps up the numbers that Aaron Rodgers is used to having and they still win the division, there's no way that Aaron Rodgers doesn't win MVP. And I I pulled up their... um, I pulled up their website trying to pull up a depth chart here just to give you an example of what he's working with at wide receiver. Uh, at the one spot, he's got Alan, Alan Lazard and Romeo Dubes, Dubs. Um, I think he has a chance to be a good rookie this year. Um, they got him from Nevada, so I think he has a chance to be pretty good. On the other side, they have Sammy Watkins and Chris Watson. And tight end, they added Mercedes Lewis. And they still have Robert Tunyon. They still have Randall Cobb. They got Amari Rogers, who used to play for Clemson. I'm not sure. He played with Green Bay last year. Um, played all 16 games. Only had four catches. But again, with um, Devontae Adams gone, it's going to be a wide receiver by committee there in Green Bay. Give me Aaron Rodgers back-to-back MVPs. Let's see if I can get it right. Okay, so now... This week, it won't be as long because of how long the episode has been already. But what will happen each week is we'll go in, we'll go against the schedule. I'll try to post an episode either Wednesday evening or Thursday morning before the Thursday games. I will give you every week by week, I'll give you the point spread. I'll give you if I'm taking the the team with the spread or if I'm going against the spread. Um, I'll give you every week, I'll have an upset special. And every week, I'll have a lock of the week. So I want to see how long um, we can keep our upset special accurate and how long we can keep our points against the spread or our our lock of the week, um, per se, how long we can keep that active. And every week, I'll update my record. I'll keep a running tally on my computer um, with games that I have right and games that I have wrong, and we'll see where we finish at for the season. So, first game on Thursday, we have the Buffalo Bills 
and we have the Los Angeles Rams. They're picking Buffalo by two and a half points, and I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills covering the two and a half point spread against the Los Angeles Rams. Next, we have Cleveland Browns at Carolina Panthers. They're favoring Carolina by two and a half points. And for those of you that don't know the point spread, um, how that works is they have to have more. So, for example, the Carolina Panthers, they're picking for two and a half. So, basically, they have to score three. If they only score two, then they don't cover the spread. They have to beat them by more than two and a half. So, basically, three points in order to cover the spread. And I'm taking the Carolina Panthers covering that um, at two and a half. Next, New England Patriots against Miami Dolphins. They're favoring Miami by three points, and I'm going to take Miami with the three-point spread. Um, I said it before, I think New England's going to struggle this year, and it's it's to his chance to prove it in Miami. Next, we have the Philadelphia Eagles at the Detroit Lions. I'm going to take the Eagles to cover the spread here, but this is probably going to be less than a 10-point game. Um, the Detroit Lions are going to be a harder out than what they have been in years past, but I think they do beat them by at least four points. Next, Baltimore Ravens at the New York Jets. They're picking Baltimore by seven. That's a huge spread, but the Jets don't have anybody. It's actually going to be a revenge game for Joe Flacco. Looks like Zach Wilson's going to be out hurt. Uh, the Jets are going to have Flacco behind center, so give me the Baltimore Ravens, to cover their seven-point spread. Next, San Francisco 49ers at the Chicago Bears. Seven-point spread for San Francisco. That was an easy pick. The next pick, Houston, uh, Indianapolis Colts at the Houston Texans. They're picking Indy by seven. This is my lock of the week. So if you're betting, if you've got extra cash and you're betting this week, bet the Indianapolis Colts to cover at the Houston Texans. They're going to beat them by more than seven. Even if this was a 10-point spread, I would have taken the Indianapolis Colts to cover. This one's going to get nasty and ugly. The next week, Jacksonville Jags at Washington Commanders. They're picking Washington by two and a half. Upset special of week one. The Jacksonville Jaguars come into Washington, and they beat the Commanders. Give me the upset special of the week. The, the Jaguars to not only make people not cover the spread with two and a half, but they're going to win that game. Next, we have the Saints at the Falcons. They're picking New Orleans to win by five and a half. Give me the Saints to cover the five and a half point spread. Pittsburgh Steelers at Cincinnati Bengals. They're picking Cincinnati by six and a half. It's a pretty big spread for a rivalry game like that is, but give me Cincinnati to come out strong and put Mitch Trubisky in his place, who was named the starter there in Pittsburgh. Next, we have Kansas City Chiefs at the Arizona Cardinals. Give me Kansas City to cover that six-point spread. Next, we have the Green Bay Packers at the Minnesota Vikings. A point-and-a-half spread. I'm going to take the spread on that one, and that's going to be, spoiler alert, but that's the only game. Um, There's one of the only two games that I have that's against the spread. Um, I just think that it's... Uh, basically, when it's a point and a half, you're either picking a one-point game or you're picking the other team to win. And with that first game, I know I was just talking about Aaron Rodgers being MVP, but I think it takes them at least two games to get on track and, and, and come back and win. So give me the Vikings in a surprise win at the beginning of the season. 
Justin Jefferson's probably going to have at least two touchdowns. Give me the Vikings to win and and make the Green Bay Packers not cover that spread. Next, we have the Raiders and the Chargers, and they have the Chargers having a three-point spread there. This was the toughest game to pick, and, and we talked about this division earlier. We talked about how basically top to bottom you could almost interchange any of these teams. Um, so this was the hardest game to pick, but I'm going to take the Chargers covering the three-point spread there against the Raiders in a shootout match. Um, and honestly, the only reason I picked the spread is because it's at three. So even if they only beat them by a field goal, they beat them by three points, so they're going to cover that. Um, I think it's going to be a one-possession game in Los Angeles. Next, we have the Giants at Tennessee Titans. They're picking Tennessee to win by five and a half. Give me the Tennessee Titans. That's going to be a blowout game there. Um, next, we have the Sunday night game. It's going to be the Tampa Bay Bucks traveling to Dallas to play the Dallas Cowboys. They're picking Tampa Bay to win by two and a half. We talked about the Cowboys the other week and how I think they're going to struggle. Give me the Bucks to go into Dallas and beat them. In the Monday night game, we have the Russell Wilson revenge game with the Broncos traveling to Seattle, Denver at six and a half points. There's no way they don't cover that. Give me the Denver Broncos. Well, guys, that's going to wrap it up for week one. So if you watch this, um, I'm sorry, if you watched it, if you listened to this, thank you so much for taking time out of your day, whether you're in the car or you're doing chores for the wife at home or the husband. The girls can listen to. I appreciate you. Um, I thank you for, for your support. And you guys have been, I've been getting a good amount of listens and a good amount of social media interactions. I really appreciate it. Um, again, we're available, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, the Anchor Platform, and Spotify. Um, stay tuned. Next week, we'll go back over the games. We'll go over my record. We'll go over week two. We'll go over anything big that happened in week one. Um, And I hope you guys have a great weekend. Enjoy some football. It's the first weekend with NFL and college football on. So from Saturday at 12 o'clock until Monday night, it's going to be all football here at the Woodsville House. I'm going to get Savvy Joe into it, and we're going to have a good night. Uh, I love you. Jesus loves you. Y'all have a great weekend. Sure, they remember forever the night they played the Titans.